Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought as we journey through Matthew's Gospel in the first part of 2021, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Chris Denamont. The verse I received, I prayed over and and I felt um, to look closer at an incident that happened. It, it relates very closely in what I understand of, of something that happened in Charles Spurgeon's life. Um, I'm a big fan of Charles Spurgeon. I tend to find that um, everything he says I can never improve on. So it's... Uh, there are large chunks of text in what I'm about to, we're about to look at, which comes straight out of Charles Spurgeon's mouth. And this particularly will start us off. He said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. The verse we're looking at this morning is in 1 Peter. Uh, 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. It says, In all this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Um, This is Charles Spurgeon. Uh, He lived just over on Nightingale Lane. For those of you that are from Clapham, or know the area, Nightingale Lane is um, between the commons, uh, Wandsworth and Clapham Common. And it, it's lovely that, that when his home was built, it, he put down, uh, Clapham is a pretty and rural, but comparatively unknown region. And our delight in the change and interest it afforded was unabounded, unbounded. Um, this was back in the 1850s. Or so. And um, yeah, a, a, a local lad who made a massive, massive impact and still does. Uh, he's got a plaque over there. I don't know if you can see that down there, but um, you probably can't because I barely can. But um, yeah, the home the home is, I believe, still there on Nightingale Lane. He said this, in, in, interpreting that, um, that verse, he said, Indeed, it is the honour of faith to be tried. Shall any man say, I have faith, but I have never had to believe under difficulties? Who knows whether thou hast any faith? Shall a man say, I have great faith in God, but I have never had to use it in anything more than the ordinary affairs of life, where I could probably have done without it as well as with it? Is this to to the honour and praise of thy faith? Dost you think that such a faith as this will bring any great glory to God, or bring to thee any great reward? If so, thou art mightily mistaken. He that has tested God and whom God has tested is the man that shall have set, have it said of him, well done, that thou good and faithful servant. Now Charles was a, a phenomenon in the Victorian times. He was this was when Brunel was was building England out. Uh, the Industrial Revolution was was happening, but he was he was known as the Prince of Preachers, and he could draw tens of thousands. Um, you'd see him in the newspapers, 
something of a celebrity. Um, fascinating man, remarkably eloquent. He suffered terribly from depression his whole life. Um, and uh, as a person that understood what it was like to have a consistent grief to bear, um, he, he, he's a good example. And I hope you can see on those images the kind of is this, you know, old school dynamic uh, preacher in the midst of thousands and thousands of people. He set up a, a very large church in Elephant and Castle called the Metropolitan Tabernacle and, 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 and on and on. The impact of Spurgeon's is, um, is remarkable. I'm going to speak into a, a small incident, a small incident, a terrible incident that happened in his young uh, life. He was 22 years old. He'd been married 10 months. He was living in a new house with his even newer uh, one-month-old twins. And he was preaching at um, uh, in a huge venue called the Royal Surrey Gardens, packed, absolutely packed. I think there were 10,000 people, oh, several thousand, sorry, as I might not say. As he was preaching, some prankster yelled, fire, fire, fire. And uh, essentially, uh, uh, the mob was let loose. Havoc, uh, stampeding, and the resulting panic left seven dead and 28 ser seriously injured. He was mocked and blamed in the papers. And this senseless tragedy and the public accusation nearly broke Charles's already fragile mind. Um, a remarkable sermon, which I'm just going to read a chunk of, and it will give us, I think it gives, it gives me um, instruction on, um, on perhaps how we may as believers respond when these um, trials come. He said, he came two weeks later after his sermon was spoken. He said, I mean, after this event, he said, I almost regret this morning that I have ventured to occupy this pulpit because I feel utterly unable to preach to you for your profit. I had thought that the quiet and repose of the last fortnight had removed the effects of that terrible catastrophe. But on coming back to the same spot again, and more especially standing here to address you, I feel somewhat of those same painful emotions which well nigh prostrated me before. You will therefore excuse me this morning if I make no allusion to that solemn event, or scarcely any. It shall not stop us, however. We are not in the least degree daunted by it. I shall preach there again, yet I and God shall give us souls there, and Satan's empire shall tremble more than ever. God is with us. Who is he that shall be against us? I shall only make a few remarks that have occurred to my own mind, for I could not preach today. I have been utterly unable to study but I thought that even a few words might be acceptable to you this morning, and I trust your loving hearts to excuse them. This is how he prayed. O Spirit of God, magnify thy strength in thy servant's weakness, and enable him to honour his Lord, even when his soul is cast down within him. I was inspired by Charles' example, in terms of how, when these trials happen, um, his attitude was resolute and mature in that he understood the situation we we're in um, and he was expectant of trial. 
James says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. And he prayed. He, 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 he prayed uh, in his weakness and under that grief. He prayed. And he prayed a honest and very raw prayer. And I, again, I think sometimes those are the best prayers. O Spirit of God, magnify thy strength in thy servant's weakness and enable him to honour his Lord even when his soul is cast down within him. It, it comes back to Jesus. He falls on his knees, having been thrown at the rock of ages by the wave, this, this challenge, this grief, this circumstance that leads him back to his Lord. And, um, yeah... I felt we're going to go into a time of prayer now. Um, I really felt um, when I was praying for this that 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 God would want to minister. We should maybe there are some people who 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 have like Charles some um, um, challenges with depression, and we could pray. Not you know I'm, I'm saying let's let's pray for those who would. Be, be, be in that way and also that God would lead us into a, um, a better understanding of the challenges that we're going through so that we can see them by his perspective. <laughs> 